we're back. Cutting through the veil of smoke, emanating from the rubble of the bridge we've just burnt with the Red Oak Ballroom. And we're left without a home. We don't know where we're going at this point, uh, but we know we're going somewhere. We'll figure it out, because that's what we fucking do. Right? Absolutely. And this is the second time we've been in this position, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we're used to it. We have experience in being uncomfortable. And who is we? I'm Max Meehan, one half of the ownership of Inspire AD, and seated across from me is Justin Bissonnette, the other uh, better half, the good cop, if you will. Uh, and yeah, we're back, and we're going to be discussing another, yet another move in the history of Inspire Pro. Um, but first I thought uh, we might want to dig into some questions. I had a few uh, that came across my desk recently. Um, how about you? Did you get any? I've got, I got one or two. I'm, I'm well, sifting through the ones that are worthy of uh, air time. Worthy of our, our, yes. our time? Our, our time on the air time. Okay. All right, um, so I have a, um, a question from uh, young Jessica Hoodenall uh, asking, uh, is, there a, is there someone that you wanted to bring in but just didn't work out due to the timing? And alternatively, is there a new face out there right now that you would want to bring in? Uh, there's a lot of juicy ones, right? Um, I like the, uh, the ones that are in the inboxes that never got completed. So some interesting ones, uh, Shayna Baszler was one that we were negotiating with at one point. <clears throat> um, a young wrestler from um, New Zealand named Evie, who you guys may know as Dakota Kai, was something that we had conversations with very early on. <clears throat> There's always the my dream Johnny Gargano versus Matthew Palmer match we never got to explore. Who else comes to mind of ones? Now, the cool thing is we got a lot of them we got to make happen and we got to realize. Yeah, I think um, Sonny Kiss was one oh, that we, that's really, right. we really wanted to yeah. do. There was, a, there was a probability that we were going to be working with Cassandro. I think we were trying to, at one point, book Cassandro yep. versus Mike Dell, which would have been a just brain melter. Yeah. Um, of course, never never happened. I really wanted to work with more um, with more of the, the talent from Mexico. Uh but for a lot of reasons, uh, heading into the the Trump administration, uh, things became yeah. very, very difficult and, at that point in terms of crossing the border. And Biss hates Lucha. No, that's not true at all. Oh. Biss likes Lucha more than uh, more than a lot of other people do. Yeah. I think anything anything that has like a really seedy environment surrounding it is something I, that you really gravitate I love. toward. I, I love the like. I love the carny underbelly. I love the, the mafioso side of it, everything. Um, yeah, I mean, we got to work with a lot of the people that we, we wanted to, uh, but currently, people that have come to my attention during this whole hiatus, I would say one person that I'm really dying to work with, but but, but probably will not have an opportunity to unless uh, she has an opportunity to work with a multitude of companies over here is Thekla, who is over at Ice Ribbon, German yeah. wrestler. Uh, great talent, um, really making waves too. A lot of people are starting to take note of her. Yeah, I've, I've been high. I've met, spoken within the circles, and and I hate doing this because I feel like I'm playing my cards. But uh, Trisha Dora is somebody that has caught my attention. What she's doing, um, both online and with her wrestling as well. She's about to wrestle Deppin in a 60 minute Ironman match, which is uh, 
at least the first of my knowledge intergender Ironman match, which is pretty cool if you ask me. Wow. So, yeah. <clears throat> there's there's definitely people doing cool stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I got another question, which was: When we return, will we continue to feature women and pro- women prominently on the card? You know, the the answer is yes. Of course, there were times when we didn't feature women so prominently. Yeah. Um, but that had less to do with our attitude toward women, and rather that was due to the very shallow talent pool that was here at the time. And of course, over the last uh, five years, I would say there's been a huge boom for the women. Yeah. Uh, the women in this state just there's there's an incredible amount of talent coming out of the schools right now and of course that's good that's good for us yeah that was another conversation <clears throat> i actually was having last night with another promoter just like how many capable and talented young women are in texas yeah <clears throat> much less talking about like you know guests that are coming in from out of state you know the only thing that i'm wary of right now or concerned about is probably a better way to phrase that is you just don't know who you're going to be able to who's going to be around when we actually yeah. do start running because it seems like a lot of women are 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 really getting under spotlights and you don't know when they're going to get signed for example you know you look at um it's at elena black that yeah. was just signed uh after you know one or two dark matches yeah absolutely you know? Um, a lot of the AEW tar- dark talent they're featuring is yeah, top, it's, it's top getting tier. you know signed up by somebody you know yeah absolutely there's definitely an arms race going on right now exactly so. um, you had some questions yeah so um, the one that I had is um, if there was any reason um, we're gonna get into uh, one Thunder Rosa speaking of women's talent um, and if there was any reason that um, there was a delay in the time that we used her versus when she was in Texas. And I think, I think actually she was flying into some of those shows. Yeah. And we actually, we got her when she was actually based in Texas. So Thunder Rosa was somebody that I met at the Dallas mania weekend and, um, had a brief little conversation with when she was definitely more accessible. She was someone who we kind of like kicked down the floodgates for, you know, we, we started using or utilizing her as frequently as we could. I remember at one point she said, I want to be an inspire girl. And I was like, Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how it was. There was no, there was no, there was no trepidation really. It was mainly just an issue of, um, finances. And then of course, geographically, once she became more, uh, more, like more feasible right more feasible yeah. that's when we that's when we you know pull the trigger yeah and you will definitely get into how that paid off on the on next week's episode so oh, make sure yeah. you tune in all right well i think that's it for questions and with that we'll dive right into the meat of our homelessness <laughs> at this point we uh so we 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 had our our final event at the red oak ballroom they had tried to con us out of i think like three grand more something ridiculous like that they wanted that nacho money yeah they were after that damn nacho money yeah this of course is just he he, <laughs> he was not having it he, he made he made the the staff cry which i was very proud of him for doing because i feel like that you know i felt like i you know i had maybe had an out-of-body experience finally you know because this is generally he can be very much uh I'm the diplomat. He's the diplomat, yeah. and I'm I'm the guy that typically I am diplomatic, 
but I am sharp with my words. Yeah. Um, but anyway, after that point, we, we weren't sure what we were going to do. But I think TJ, in the back of his head at that point, TJ being uh, the, the third owner uh, of the company at that point, uh, he, he had the idea of approaching the folks at uh, South Austin Sports Center, which is a volleyball gym, which is located near St. Edwards University and is used for a lot of those uh, those games. Yeah, they, they produced... I don't know state champions. I don't know how the volleyball world works, but they're a big gym. I, as I don't. Far as I don't goes, really give right? a shit, but I, yeah. it's a big deal to them. Yeah. The, to the volleyball people, you know, to the so, to the side out. I apologize folks. to the crossover audience <laughs> we have between the volleyball fucking club level. Yeah, and, <laughs> we, we can we can inspire pro. Much like that, <laughs> much like that boundary challenging foursquare game that ACW had years ago. I guess we can kiss yeah. that. Volleyball it, crossover inspire that, event. That was my Goodbye. idea, brother. Yeah. Calm down, calm down. Don't brag. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, hey. um, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, this was a this was an interesting time as well. I think this was definitely during the time I think I showed up and told you that hey, maybe I'm done with this, right? Yeah. Um, we weren't we weren't sure if there was going to be a comeback, honestly. Um, and I. I mean, obviously, you talked me off the ledge. We're here today, right? Yeah. But I think that led to that led to a piece of media that we put out that was uh, pretty interesting at the time too. That was the the final chapter um, oh. piece that we put out. Yeah, this is when I started getting all artsy fartsy <laughs> with the cataclysm talk. Yeah. Yeah. How there would be eight great cataclysms in the history of Inspire Pro, and we are at the precipice of one <laughs> of them. Some nonsense like that. Yeah. I love, but you know, it got people talking. I think a lot of people, a few fans, were real, real worried. A few. Um, Hell, I was too. I was pretty sure that there was think, no money but, to run. But I think you know, TJ and his exuberance at the time wasn't on the same. He wasn't on the same tier of darkness that, that we no. were yet. <clears throat> um, but yeah, he um, he 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 pitched. He was a guy who pitched the uh, the sports center yeah. to us. And we were kind of letting him run with it at this point. And so uh, we decided to take a tour of the building. And I, I was not hot on it because it was so far south. Yeah. I wasn't exactly sure how people would respond. Well, and beyond that, like, you know, there, there, there are a few key things that you want, right? You want it to be central. You want your venue that you have. Of course, you want it to be feasible in terms of finance. You want you want it to be centrally located so people from all all you know all places all all of the center can kind of meet at this one junction point, and you want parking to be accessible as well. Yeah, we didn't have much of any of that. No, <laughs> no, not 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 at the not at the gym. No, no, the the parking lot. Was, <clears throat> this was the the small parking lot, which if you got there early enough, you could get right by the building. Yeah, but then was, everybody else had like. There was some weird parking garage yeah. that you could access or, or some nonsense. But, yeah, it was it was not ideal in that sense. But And there, there were a few other drawbacks. One of the things that, at that point that I was really not a fan of was when you watched indie wrestling, you would you would see a lot of uh, shows filmed out of gyms. They were brightly lit, and, of course, you'd see the, the, you know, the, the hoop in the back <laughs> and the scoreboard and all kinds of nonsense like that. Um, it was just... 
Yeah, this, this was not your type of building. At no, all. no, I, I prefer it to be more darkly lit. I yeah. guess that's where you know my ECW sensibilities come in. You know, I yeah. like I like the crowd to be kind of dark, and I like the ring to be focused on, and uh, and of course, I just I just don't like the gym feel. However, there were some cool things about it. Um, for example, the there was a balcony that that ran along a, a large wall that divided both volleyball courts, and it had. It, it it let the boys kind of hang out up there yeah. and watch the matches yeah, away from the crowd. Yeah, out of, yeah, yeah, they were out of, out of sight. Uh, it, it also kind of reminded me of the way the Mohawk was laid out for ACW. Yeah. The boys always had that balcony above the venue so they could look down and watch the matches from above. This kind of provided something similar in terms of feel. Uh, the other court, which would be blacked out most of the time, gave the boys a place to go over their matches hang out it was dark it was peaceful you know yeah plenty was, of room too yeah um of course unfortunately we lost uh we lost a bathroom i think in the in this in the move uh prior yeah. prior prior to the switch uh one of the big perks of red oak ballroom was having a bathroom for uh, the wrestlers a dedicated bathroom this is boring talk but this no, it's, is, these are the these I are think, the nuts and bolts. Yeah, man. no, I, I think people are, would be interested in this, right? Because this is the thing that people don't see, right? This is a, uh, you know, it's not like you just find a place and plop down the fucking cash and run. Yeah, I mean, not to say that people don't do that, but that's why they run into problems, right? This is the stuff we're looking at, um, and I mean, it was it was the building that would work for us at this time, right? Yeah, it's kind of where we we got. Um, I, I don't mind the, I didn't mind the gym, um, appearance at the time, right? I, now, seeing as there's only a few shows, it's like a nice little curveball almost yeah. as you go through and watch our footage. Um, and I think the Red Oak Ballroom being so brightly lit kind of transitions you into this one. Um, if you jump straight from Marquesa to this, it's a, it's a little bit more shocking. Um, but for where we were, it, it was a change of pace, and the other amenities made it nicer than us trying to run out of you know something that was just completely trash. Yeah, it there's always there's always kind of a, a level of excitement when you go into a space that doesn't 100% work for you because you just have to make the best of it. And I think one of the things that we've been very capable of is taking a space that some people might utilize very differently. Yep. There's a way of approaching a space that you can use to your advantage. And when we went in here, immediately the thing that popped out to me was that, that, that one exit is like double doors. I was like, okay, well we'll pipe the curtains and entrance here and make kind of a triangle configuration. And we'll put the, we'll put the, the ring and kind of a, a weird skew. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it's fun to play with, yep. but yeah, it not ideal, but but it was it was a it was a port to storm. Yeah, well, and and I think that's something else that we've done very well um, throughout our run is a lot of people would just walk in the room and pop the ring right in the center. Yeah, right. We didn't do that. Um, we knew that. I mean, it was two fucking volleyball courts, right? Yeah. So we basically took it over to one side. Um, also the bleachers, we, we had access oh, to the yeah. bleachers, which was really cool 
because that allowed us to put elevated fans on the hard cam side. Yeah. So it just it just looks a lot better. I yeah I loved I loved the uh, the bleachers. That's that's an element. I mean there you know if I were to if I were to like create our perfect venue our perfect space, it it would definitely be an amalgam of AFS and elements that were available to us at uh, the South Austin Sports Gym. Yeah. You know if we could get the stage <laughs> with the runway yeah. plus the bleachers. Holy yeah. shit, that would be heaven to me. I think that when, whenever like the lottery pops up to like that crazy amount, that's in my mind is is what I think of. I'm like, all right, the old school sportatorium fucking bleachers, which because I'm from Texas, fuck off. Yeah. Um, no, then, the, the sportatorium is a holy place. It, it you don't apologize awesome, for right? that. Yeah. So. But um, you know, just simple as that and then you know some of the other amenities that we've had definitely come into mind if yeah. i'm designing the perfect wrestling venue for us but yeah um yeah we it was what it was now the other part that no one else ever saw was remember that like annex building across oh, the fucking yeah. parking lot yeah so when they they would drop off the chairs it would be over in this annex and it just smelt like asphalt mm-hmm. remember that yeah um, and we would have Hot to like, asphalt, yeah, we really, would really kind of like dizzying stink to it. Yeah. We would have to run the chairs fucking batch by batch into the fucking building. And then at the end of the night, like run them back over there to be picked up. And the boys liked it though, because there was actually a gym in that building. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So some guys got workouts. Some, in. Yeah. Some guys got to, they didn't have to go to golds or anything. They just yeah. ran over there and fucked with stuff. And of course, you know, <laughs> Uh, am I allowed to talk about the staff in a derogatory way? Go ahead. Well, it depends on how <laughs> okay. derogatory. Don't get us canceled, brother. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. But there was the the guy, the manager or the facilities manager, was this like it was this bitchy rotund guy, um, who just you could tell he didn't like us being there. No, um, he just was put out about everything, and he always had a big gulp. And uh, you know, big key ring. And if you asked him to get 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 something out of a closet, oh he would. Like, even if you were doing something for him, like cleaning up a mess, he was. He just like kind of go, oh god. It was like basically having comic book shop guy be in charge of you. You know, <laughs> of, no. a yeah. of a gym. Yeah, <laughs> of a gym. But then he had this fleet of lackeys who would also do his work, and they were all these guys who were basically just waiting to go off into the military, and they were all like like yolked out of their heads and they were pissed about having to do anything for us as well which was very weird (laughs) it was a very like the staff were very weird and very uh put off by us a lot of time um yeah i I was gonna say we can wait till the end of the episode but fuck you guys know the drill by now like (laughs) at the end of the day at the end of the show we would we always have helped clean up and, and gone above and beyond these were the most bitchy people about like we would go above and beyond, and it still wouldn't be good enough. No. It was never good enough. No. I think those were the longest clean cleanup sessions <sighs> ever. Yeah, because they just they were never happy. Never. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and they, they were, like, cracking the whip, too. Like, yeah. You better hurry up. You better hurry up. Even though... And I'd be sitting there going, hey, man, we rented this shit till midnight. You can calm the fuck down. Yeah. I know that you want to go off and yeah. hit up that fucking new Carl's Jr. that just opened up <laughs> down the road. But mellow the fuck out. I want to go home to my kid, so I feel you. But goddamn, get off my fucking balls, you know. Like I was, I was, I like, I think I like started to a few times. I cracked, and then people would go, "Oh, Max is getting mad." Me mad is not a good thing. A lot of people who who don't really know me, they look at me and they're like, "Oh, whatever." But me angry is not pretty. 
I remember, like, I remember TJ and yourself, like, they had the long board with the mop head. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck it is, like, walking up and down the fucking Giant. court like you were fucking tilling a field or some Giant shit. Giant squeaky. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so, um, yeah, let's get into this card, man. This is an, actually a pretty interesting card, and it, I may be, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this was a pretty enormous crowd for us. We we got our crowd back. Yeah. We um, got our crowd back, man. It was very cool to see. Whenever you walk into a space that's way too big for your, yourselves, the nice thing, the nice way of putting that is, oh, we'll grow into it. Um, this was definitely a place where we walked through it, and I was kind of like, wow, this is really fucking big. Are we going to have to have the room? <laughs> uh, but we didn't, and uh, this was, this the, the crowd size was a pleasant surprise. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was one thing I did like about it was how big it sounded because yeah. the, the, um, I think this was also the debut of RPA that we bought. That's think, right. We actually, we yeah. actually, yeah. Um, I have to give a shout out to Gerard Cosloy, owner of 12XU Records, as well as, uh, one of the guys behind Matador Records. He actually helped us purchase this PA and, uh, we've always had kind of like a little 12XU uh, logo at the bottom of our posters yep. uh, since then because if not for him we wouldn't have had audio but yeah we purchased we purchased a um, a sound system and uh, that that was it really upgraded our sound but the the, the way that the shows sounded here was huge the yep. crowd sounded big you know yeah um, it was that gym echo yeah right the, you know that's a, that was a perk that was that was that was something I liked about the shows aesthetically they they sounded ridiculously huge. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, we set up. We're excited. The crowd is back. And uh, I don't What made us decide to even come back? What the fuck is wrong with us? That's a good good question that I don't <laughs> have an point, answer to. I mean, we were thoroughly demoralized in the ballroom, so I feel like there's this gap where we got our groove back, I, but I don't know what. I think it, it, I think it was literally like we were going to come back just to like go out on our own terms, which yeah. is usually always the driving force of like, fuck this, we're done, but they're not going to tell us we're done. We're going to do... One more show, man. And do this like, the right way. I feel like we, we ended this the right way for a slew of shows. Like we we had a million different so endings. Like, which is I think where I kinda got that whole like, you know, Aztec calendar kinda thematic yeah. going in my head. I was like, Yeah, we're gonna fucking <laughs> we're gonna the world's gonna implode every show, you know? No, I I was literally like, I'm Ending this show, driving to Big Ben, and turning my phone off, and we'll see who fucking contacts me after. Like, yeah, yeah, falling off the face of the fucking earth. But uh, um. at this point, too, I will say, going into this card, one thing I do have to mention is at this point, Matthew Palmer had become fast friends with a guy by the name of Sammy Callahan. Yes, that was and a big part of this. Right? Yeah, yeah, this was Keith Lee needed a considerable opponent to parlay his streak just to keep it going and of course Sammy was a guy who we were really considering bringing back on a, a regular basis he and Palmer were uh, quite tight at this point was Revolver a thing at this point? yeah Okay. Yep. He, he had started Revolver was 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 Matt on those shows? yeah I think okay. he was the scramble champion or whatever okay so yeah Matt really brokered that, that deal in but uh, at the same time, Sammy was also doing business with 
the folks over at Wrestle Circus. So I feel like also Mexico. Um, oh, was he? I think this show in particular, Sammy was not going to be able to be back in America in time to get to the show in a time to prep for the match. Yeah. But we'll get to that when we get to the main event. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, some interesting things happened at the yeah. close of this show <laughs> that actually were pretty pretty sexy. I remember yeah. being really excited and I remember the crowd eating it up. But let's let's just launch into the um, the card itself. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, at, at time and place, we had some pieces fall into our lap that we were very excited uh, about. Um, of course, Andy had returned from his tour of duty in uh, Pro Wrestling Noah over in Japan, and we decided to do something where we would do something with with JoJo because at this point JoJo was still reviled by the crowd and in fact i believe the disdain for him thanks in large part to the gym echo was massive yeah. people really hated his guts and we we figured hey let's start off hot by bringing andy back because he was someone people were eager to see again and of course we had jojo who was at the time probably the most hated man in the company and we decided that we were going to lead off with a, a junior crown title match with jojo bravo versus andy dalton yeah, I think whenever you have a break, you always want to start off with something that's going to garner a big reaction. Either way. But we do that every positive, show anyway. So Positive or negative. Yeah. Well, come on. It fits in here too, right? Nah, son. We <clears> always <throat> start off with the yeah. main event. That's yeah. that's how you get people in the door. So, But exactly. We get that crowd going, right? It's yeah. either, whether it's you put somebody out there that's going to get a lot of heat, or you get somebody that's going to get a huge pop. The, it's a good way to kick off any show. The Inspire model very much is is that we don't do dark matches and we don't do an opener. If you aren't there by the time the doors open, most likely you're going to potentially miss something pretty huge. Yeah. And not only that, you want that match energy-wise, it's going to bring the crowd up. And that's what we always do. Every card is designed to get the crowd up off their feet and going nuts right at the start. And it's all about maintaining that level uh, of energy in your crowd. And I feel like we've been very successful at that um but yeah we didn't really mess with that formula until another venue change <laughs> but um but yeah this was this i remember this being this is two old pros man yeah this you was know? ridiculous so. um this was this was this was textbook good and, wrestling and they hadn't worked with each other in a while no. so they had you know uh dalton was coming off of what he had learned in noah Jojo was coming off of just being fucking Jojo and having a shitload of heat. Yeah, a lot of people don't necessarily give uh, Bravo his credit, mainly because of the size, uh, the size difference between he and most wrestlers, but Jojo is probably one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met when it comes to pro wrestling as an art, and he is particularly ensconced in everything that has ever occurred in Japan, it seems like. So having this guy return from Japan versus the Japanese wrestling encyclopedia was uh, was a match made in heaven, man. It, it worked out really well. Um, and the match was fantastic. Of course, we have a title change here where Jojo takes the crown. Yeah. Uh, which would... Uh... He would run with for quite a bit, right? He, yeah, he would do some things. He, he, he <laughs> do some things that were very JoJo things. Yes, we'll get into the future, but yeah, this is putting the J crown on JoJo. We <clears throat> now, 
I think the idea was that we would be able to move Andy up into a different space on the card to compete for different uh, different awards, basically. Yeah, and like moving back into a, like a title picture potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And then at the same time, we were, this was also the time <clears throat> we were heading towards what would become the undefinable title. Right, this is where we took the J crown and we cut any gender barrier. Right. There's some. There's some. There's some other stuff that's relevant to that that also happens later on in this yeah. part. But yeah, this is this is where the colonel is there, and a lot of that had to do with uh, Palmer and I really feeling like in order to break down the gender barrier in wrestling and to make women a more clutch and important part of the card, we needed to stop compartmentalizing them and letting them only compete in matches that were you know for women. You know, we we I still believe that women's wrestling has a place. But I also think that if a woman wants to break out of that and challenge a male competitor, there shouldn't be a problem with that. The way that we look at it, or at least the way I look at it, I don't know if this agrees, but it, so long as you treat a, a female like, uh, you know, uh, physically a different type of opponent, like there are women that are bigger than certain men and there are women who are smaller than certain men. So long as you treat them only regarding the size differential, there really shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, and, and we can jump into it because it is a point of contention, right? Um, there is certain intergender wrestling that I do not like, like the. Um, the it's, well, it's done badly sometimes. Yeah, the the Brian, the one that I can think of most is the Brian Cage Tessa Blanchard match. I hate it uh-huh. uh, because that was Tessa like power bombing Brian Cage. Like to me, in my weird, well, it's not even my weird mind. Like that, that doesn't make sense to me, and it's hard to suspend disbelief to make that make sense, right? So for me, that's always bothered me that that aspect of it. Um, so yeah, there, there was, there was deep conversation before this, before we started this. Um, the other point that I've made, right. Is that wrestling is a team sport at times, right? So what you really want to, in my mind, do is elevate the, the pair of women together. Um, but we found ways to do the best of both worlds, I yeah. think. And that's where this ended up. Leading. My my entire mentality regarding stuff like this is that fighting, particularly martial arts and, and wrestling, like actual classic grappling, these are all things that have a science to them that don't necessarily... De- or, or actually can transcend weight class, yeah. you know? I mean, you look at a guy like Bruce Lee, okay? I mean, undeniably a guy that a lot of people respect... But you look at that classic match he had in Game of Death when he uh, faces off against Kareem, who is a very large individual. And I, I love the story of that fight in that movie. And it's something that I thought, like, oh, well, you know, wrestling is cinematic. We should be doing stuff that uh, it's stuff about, you know, underdog versus, you know, the, the, the fan favorite or the odds on favorite or whatever. I, I really I really like those types of stories. That was a huge reason why I kind of wanted to move in that direction. I, I think, too, sometimes <clears throat> we can get caught up in that we're arguing the overall psychology of wrestling, and as at least on my end, and I will admit this as a fault, and miss the point that we are playing by our rules, right? The, we can argue general wrestling uh, psychology, and that's great for message boards and fan groups and all that stuff. <clears throat> but when we do it creatively, we I lose sight sometimes of the fact that, okay, this is within our universe. And, like, 
there are ways for this to be done bad, but we have the power to not do it bad. Um, so I get a little, uh, you know, I'm I'm the traditionalist. I'm the uh, so I I am protective of that stuff sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, so that's I mean, there's a lot we we debated a lot yeah. uh, going forward, and I think we both had points and. Uh, I, in in my overall uh, point here is not so much that you know there's still that contention to this day. It's that it's not just a, yeah everyone agreed and it happened right. There was a discussion. We all got on the same page, and it was now it's smooth right. Well, what's interesting is this was a this was a discussion that we had had multiple times leading up to a point where you just kind of went yeah, it makes sense you know. Yeah. So it, it took a long time to get there, but um, it I also think that the talent pool emerging was a huge part of it. Definitely helped out, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so up next we have kind of what was supposed to be the 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 ginger on the palate. It doesn't it doesn't it's not the it's not the bathroom break match. It's just a a match that deviates from what we just saw. But um, we have the epileptic Caesars, who we touched upon throughout the Red Oak Ballroom yep. fiasco. Uh, going up against the Heavy Hearts, which this was their debut. Yeah, their debut. Uh, Bruna De La Rosa and Stacy Slade. Uh, what do you? What, what should we say about? The, I know. So the Heavy Hearts were basically a team that I really loved. Yeah. Uh, they were the concoction of uh, uh, Alexis Riviera, who was a wrestler trained out east who had experience with Chikara. Yeah. Um, he was a guy that was uh, fairly popular and and noted amongst a lot of the people that were working uh, in texas at the time who were familiar with him the boys loved him yes the boys did love him i loved him the yeah. fans loved him um but he was not just some guy that we threw in the ring i need to really this is gonna this is gonna <laughs> yeah, pop up we're gonna it's, get, gonna be, it's gonna be really I, really important let's get it in this match but yeah I, it becomes very important yeah but um you know they they basically wanted to create these Adrian Adonis type characters, the WWF uh, version of Adrian, where he was very like uh, yeah. flamboyant. They were these kind of he uh, overweight guys who who had an abundance of confidence to yeah. go with their weight, um, and they they have a great gimmick here because they come out in this liberal town. <laughs> And they begin to yell at people for fat shaming them, which is actually it's a valid yeah. it's a valid moment that they have because yeah. they are overweight. They are not uh, by conventional standards the kinds of guys that you would throw uh, the heart throb moniker on. <laughs> but they, man, they look great in this in this gimmick. Yeah, and they play the part well. Yeah, and Stacy Slade right is is just Willie who yeah. has been around in the territory for, you know, a while at this point. And, you know, they're, they're both living close to each other at this point, so they're able to work out and have this good chemistry. Like, the chemistry was amazing off the bat. Um, this is another fun conversation that we have a lot is the tag team dynamic, right? These are right up, like, 1988 WWE-tag-team-type characters, yeah. you know? I don't think we. I think we kind of knew that the epileptic Caesars were not going to pan out, uh, yeah. mainly because of Maximus. Yeah, uh, he just didn't really seem to give a shit. Yeah. That was, that's my. That was yeah. my opinion, and I wasn't about to. I mean, you have to be able to rely on people to tell stories. Yeah, but. we're we're gonna get into that next show too of him not coming to shows. But I think this was like a 
at the last minute he actually was able to make the show type thing yeah to where we started kind of going all right how when's this gonna pop yeah up i mean the caesars and the hearts we had a lot planned for them yeah and it just it just kind of ran aground and uh, we had to make some some changes and stuff you know it's, it's just one of those situations where you have long-term plans and they don't necessarily work out it, it is a fun pairing from there we go into a three-way elimination match where we actually decided to give a young guy an opportunity cody lane who went on to do a lot of really great stuff down the road from here this is where he makes his debut as cody but as we had discussed earlier he actually was the guy working under the depression hood. So he actually pulls double duty uh, this night. He is, he is like the workhorse of our, uh, of our company. Um, but yeah, he, he goes out there after he'd been working around Texas. He'd been having some really good matches outside of uh, Austin. And we decided that, man, he shows up, he busts ass, he does whatever dumb thing we ask him to do. This was basically our opportunity to do something really, uh, just really different with him, just, just, just let him go out and impress on his own terms. And boy, does he deliver here, man! The crowd latches onto him, and of course, we have him in the ring with Ryan Davidson, who is—is uh, is this his debut? This is his debut. Yeah, as this well. is this is his debut as well, as well as Cherry Ramones, and we do this three-way, which um, I remember just loving to death. Yeah, uh, yeah, Cody really stepped up. This was uh, so someone approached me about Ryan Davidson and said, Hey, why don't you use my friend Ryan Davidson? And we get this from time to time. Right. And I was close enough with this person that where I go, dude, you're not doing him any favors. If you just tell me to use him cause he's your friend, then I have no interest in using him. Why, why do I have to use him? What, like, what am I missing on this guy? And he, you know, he took a second, he took a deep breath and he goes, he knows, uh, TV wrestling. He knows wrestling. He's been in the business for 10 years. He can help you guys in the back. He's a veteran leader and a few other things, right? And I went, well, fuck it. Let's give him a try, you know? Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of times guys don't understand how to, like, try to help their friends, right? Yeah. They just use my buddy. Use my buddy. Him being your buddy doesn't mean anything as far as improving my show. Tell, tell me why he's going to improve my show. Um and I mean, honestly, since this day, da Davidson has added to our company. You know, Davidson is a guy who is TV ready at any point. Um, he's also just a hell of a heel. He is phenomenal. Uh, he's a guy that I wish we could have done this stuff more consistently with, but you know, as things tend to do, they can kind of uh, you know go off go off the rail here or there. You know, um, he was traveling overseas. Yeah. He had a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, we had plans here, and then we had to change them to uh, to basically work with him in, in the capacity that you know that kept him around. I mean, Davidson is like one of the he's one of my favorite people that I've met in wrestling. He's just he's just a big, warm-hearted dude. I hate to shatter the whole yeah. heel persona, but he is a guy who you want in your locker room. Yeah. Very straightforward and very honest too, which helps out. And also just has a great sense of humor. Yeah. And he's just very kind. He's also what I love about him too is that he doesn't he doesn't ever complain. He does and if he has something that he wants to suggest, he'll suggest it in a fashion that 
gets his point across without shitting on your product. You know, he's a professional. Yeah. Who would have guessed in this oh, business? Shit. But anyway, anything you want to say about this match? No, just uh, was very impressed with uh, Cody. Um, I think at that point we knew that we really needed yeah. to do something with him outside of uh, a depression. And I think this is also kind of where we realized we probably were going to put depression up to pasture once again. Yeah. Um, Steve-O versus Matthew Palmer. Ooh, this is a memorable one. This is one of the matches that a lot of people still talk about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this was also a match that made me really nervous because... Uh, as we as we mentioned, the uh, the prima donnas that ran the venue were very very <laughs> concerned with their floors being scuffed, um, just in general. So this this is long and brutal. Yeah. Um, as a a deathmatch connoisseur myself, like usually like the extreme stuff is pretty brutal, but it's it's over a short period of time. Um, this went, I mean, this is a good 20 minutes or so Yeah. of them just beating the shit out of each other. Like it's physically physical, not just through the weapons that are used, which of it's, course we got to, we, we have to mention the kitchen sink, yes. which I actually found for them. Like I brought the kitchen sink cause they wanted to do like everything but the kitchen sink on yeah. commentary, but then the kitchen sink shows up. But yeah, that. Uh, there was a cinder block spot, wasn't there? That Palmer, went, Palmer got cinder blocks, and like he didn't get the right cinder blocks. Like, not that there are right cinder blocks, but like there's flatter cinder blocks. He got real, just like you're gonna build a fucking cinder block wall, cinder blocks. Yeah. Um, and this is also the the fun spot where you pull up the apron, and I get. People tend to think it's like a trampoline underneath there. Yeah. But it just no. shows it. No, that's just wooden uh, planks of, of yeah. board, right? Um, and then they they rest. It seems like half the fucking match they wrestle on bare boards. Um, so uh, Palmer was super jazzed for this because... Visually, it's a stunning match. And yeah. I think he got everything he wanted out of it. And, it, I mean, he had uh, Callahan there filming clips, right, that he was able to put out. Um and it actually got him noticed because he was saying, he's like, yeah, I was in the locker room with somebody. And they went, yeah, you're that guy that did the cinder blocks and the bare boards. Like, why the hell would you do that to yourself? And he went, well, you know who the fuck I am. And otherwise, <laughs> I would have just been some random guy. Yeah. Um, so. But but just to, just to kind of emphasize this match being important, this is basically the rematch between yes. uh, Steve Arino and Matthew Palmer with Steve Arino as the champion. Uh, at that point, Matthew Palmer is fuming because Steve-O got the victory out of him, even though Matt had been kind of a viper uh, leading into that match. He had set, the, set he had he had stacked the deck in his favor, you know. But this is this was just kind of in a weird way continuing the theme of Matthew kind of letting the title slip through his hands by virtue of either uh, just his ego or sheer overconfidence. And him coming into this match against Steve-O, he's, uh, once again, he thinks he's going to he's gonna just steamroll over Steve-O. Um, yeah, this match is long, it's brutal, it, and uh, visually it is, it's up there, man. It's yeah. up there with the, with the Dalton-Matthew yeah. Palmer uh, hardcore match, I think. Maybe even exceeds it in, yeah. in a capacity. But I, I think the, the important thing, too, is that, I mean, the first half of this match is just brutal, strong-style wrestling. Yeah. It, and then after they go into all this, like, you have to watch it to fully, like, 
appreciate just how brutal this thing really actually, is. Actually, we should put that up on our channel uh, when this episode drops. So that people yeah, can actually this is one it. worth worth putting up there for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that was that was that was a phenomenal match that to this day people still talk about. That was that's a question that we never really get around to revisiting. But early on, people ask us like, "What's your top matches and inspiring?" That's definitely one. <clears throat> it's like picking your favorite kid for me. Like, um, but that one is is definitely one of them. It's on the list for sure. Yeah. It really, it really, it really elevated Steve-O, though Steve-O was already very popular, but it let people see Steve-O in a very different capacity, I think. Both of them, in fact. Um, anyway, into the next match. This is this is more just one of those goofy... How do you transition from that into Mr. B? What else, but what else could follow? What else could follow? No, nothing more yes. brutal than that than Mr. B. Yeah, Mr. B, a guy who is persona non gratis. By the way, okay, I, not related to our card here but i i'm just gonna break away for a moment yeah who the fuck would go work for mr b at this point i'm seeing a lot of that and it's weird when i see people liking his hey man i'm thinking about coming back with tcw and i'm like i'm saying i'm seeing people that are reputable hitting smashing like on that and i'm like why would you even do that yeah why am i wrong am i am i am i just not i don't know why people worked for him before and that's when I I liked him, you know, when I didn't know all this creepy shit about him. Yeah. And, and just in case nobody knows, Mr. B wound up kind of getting outed uh, during the whole call-out movement that occurred in 2019. It came out that he uh, he had been fiddling around with some people uh, that he shouldn't have been. Anyway, we have Mr. B in a singles match against the Great Depression, which I thought would be fun. You know, also because Cody, I think, was interested in doing this um, because, they, you know, B was around yeah, APW. B was at the school at this point, Yeah, right? he was at the school doing stuff. And so when you have people who have an opportunity to kind of work with each other and, and in a training capacity, they tend to sometimes get really good shit out of one yeah. another. Well, there's also, and we can dig a little bit into this, like, this is kind of the snowblind thing for a person like me, right? Yeah. That Where they are super pumped about it, so you get kind of pumped about it, but your audience may not under, understand what they know because they train together. Yeah. The, the crowd doesn't see that, right? So you go, oh, shit, you know, B's, a bottle, B's been working yeah. with Cody. Let's, like, th that'll be awesome. Like, I want to see what happens there. But the crowd may not just go, well, who the who are these two and it, it may fall a little flat you you definitely um put yourself in danger of that sometimes not that this fell flat i thought this was pretty entertaining it, it is what it was supposed to <laughs> yeah. be which is kind of a comedy match which you know you kind of want like you, you just got off of you're, this is coming off the heels of this like crazy 20 minute hardcore match you yeah. know with bare boards and cinder blocks and Kitchen sinks and shit. Yeah, I mean, you need like, a little levity. Yeah, yeah. The levity is definitely... It's 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 the ebb yeah. and flow of our cars, yep. man. And I think it's why they work. Yeah. Um, so I I can bag on B all I want, but this was actually a pretty entertaining match between the two. A lot yeah. of good play between B and uh, Greg Simons here as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from here we come yeah. to something that behind the scenes was not super fun to deal with. No. And... Uh, I think Biss and I probably fall on different sides of what occurred here. Um, yeah. 
you know. So anyway, this match, I think on paper, was supposed to be Delilah Doom versus Jessica James in a, a title match. Yeah, this was supposed to be Jessica passing the torch to Doom. Is and, what we were supposed to have here. And, and I know that, you know, uh, Biss tends to be, uh, he is closer with yeah. Jessica than, than I was. But I think she just didn't want to do the drop. That's my opinion. Yeah. She vacated the title day of and had it run down. Was it, who, who, who drove uh, it down? Tyler Foster drove it down. Okay. Which, yeah. I was wondering why he was in the crowd, but now that makes sense. Yeah. So one of the guys from DFW that was helping out with MPX, I think, at the time. So I can I can shed a little bit more light on this. Um, now, uh, Jessica had a medical issue um, and basically had planned to wrestle through it and basically um, decided against it the day of the show. Um if you look at her histories from this point, she's wrestled one other match, which was the um, May Young Classic tag team match with the alternate wrestlers. Um, she had a brief comeback, but she hasn't stuck around. She did some stuff, I believe, as Lady Poison somewhere else. But I don't uh, she, it was one show. Yeah. One show? Yeah. Okay. So she has. Um, she came back, Lady Poison. I believe that was for the women's show up in D- DFW's women's only show yeah um but yeah that's she's had two matches since then um so i still kind of stand by it was it was medically driven um it, it was something that if she, there was potential for her to permanently damage herself by sustaining trauma which a wrestling bump is yeah i mean i i don't know I can't, I mean, I tend to, uh, I'm only going with, with it because it was day of, and uh, a lot of people had a similar opinion, so I'm kind of just going with, yeah. with like, what I heard echoed. Um, I miss Jessica. I think she was a superlative talent. I wish we'd had this moment. I know, I mean, I, it was hard for me, too, because, like, Delilah was crying. Yeah. She really wanted this moment. Yeah, we had built up to this. She was extremely frustrated. <clears throat> and yeah, so anyway, we had we had Cat there, Alley Cat, and we had Ivory Robin, and so we decided to do a uh, three-way match, which we hoped would help elevate Alley Cat and Ivory Robin in the eyes of our audience so we could do something later on down the road with them uh, story-wise and hopefully maybe even set something up between Ivory and uh, uh, Alley. Yeah. Um and of course, Doom goes over. It, you know, more predictable than I I would have liked to liked it yeah. to have been. I think people just kind of knew that the writing was on the wall. You know, but, I mean, what else, what else could we done at that point? Yeah. kind of we were put in a real. It was a bad situation. Yes, it was. It was rough, but you know, no offense to Jessica. It's just the timing was really weird, and yeah. uh, it it bummed me out because I feel like we could have. We probably could have figured something out if we'd had a little more time. Yeah. You know? So, anyway. Uh, moving on from there, we enter a singles match, which we've touched, we touched upon lightly yep. uh, earlier. So, one of the things that we noticed when we were touring the building was uh, the scoreboards, which include a clock. Um, and I guess we can talk about that now. Uh we decided that we would start to do uh, time limit time limits on our matches, yep. and that that allowed us opportunities to do 
draws potentially and i believe every match on this card actually had a time limit yeah i i came up with the inspired time limit formula which yeah. you hated but uh, yeah, i did i did i did um, but i you know but actually it was partially my idea too because yeah. initially everybody was like well how are we gonna end this match how are we gonna end this match and the idea of a time limit draw came up but i thought it was dumb to have a time limit draw on one match because then it yeah. becomes obvious that okay well there's a, suddenly a time limit draw on this one fucking match that has a time limit draw. And yeah. so I was like, no, man, you have to make everything a time limit draw. You can't just introduce it for this one match. I thought yeah. that was stupid. So it, I think we went, the formula I had was the opening match because it was pay-per-view quality, 30 minutes. Um, and then special attraction matches, 30 minutes. Title matches, 30 minutes. Tag, yeah, tag team title. I don't remember hating 16. that. I just remember like you thinking I was being a pain in the ass by wanting to have every match have a time limit. No, no, no. no. Uh, once, once we got to that, I was good. Okay. I had, I had my, I was. It was very. This was sports driven at this point, man. Yes. I've dug right into this, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought. You know, opening match, that's just like a fucking main event. So that gets the same time limit the main event does. And then special attraction matches, what makes it special is the time limit. Everything else, 15 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. And uh, I'm just hoping the listeners will pour praise onto me for how great it was (laughs) and how smart I am. Because they do every week. Yeah, let me tell you. All right, anyway. Yeah, so this match, uh, like we we had mentioned, was very much ACH's idea. Yeah. it was kind of like, you know, Tempo going to the mountain, but also in a, in a way kind of doing some different stuff with Albert. I think we knew that this match needed something else, and there was discussion about Albert kind of turning heel and doing some heel work. And it's phenomenal here because I think at first Albert was resistant to the concept, but then he pulls some shit out of his bag, and he is just yeah. next level phenomenal at it. And he really gets the crowd going, and he turns that crowd really fast. Yeah, he um he was also hesitant about going the full thirty minutes once he got to the building. Yeah, he was all in, and then like he got to the building, and was like, ah, let's make it twenty. And it's like doesn't make can't do a twenty minute time limit. Like yeah, right. But once we got that all figured out. You know, the match itself, he just, they just go at it, right? Yeah. Um, And that's the really exciting part about this is that it's this great match. And we've shown them how great Tempo versus ACH is. They get to the time limit. Albert didn't even think that the the fans would be interested in the five more minutes. No. Because, like, being around crowds... The general reaction to a time limit draw is that they ask for the five more minutes. It's like, well, what happens if they don't? <laughs> so, but the match like, is on. The match is on fire. Yeah, you know? it's like, uh, well, if they don't just walk to the back, we'll be fine, right? And of course they do. So, um, so they do the five more minutes. I think they were even pissed off that they didn't get another five minutes. Yes, like the crowd so, actually asks for more time so, after the five minute extension ends. So you remember the carny ass thing I tried to pull off what, when they asked that? for? I tried to get the guy that was in the guy in the suit the the venue guy yeah to say no so the heat <laughs> would be on him and not us yeah <laughs> but like he didn't know what the fuck he needed to oh, do yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He fucking jabroni um, <laughs> 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 but um yeah so we know we can't the curfew we can't do anymore um so we have this time limit draw which is awesome because now in our back pocket 
we have ACH versus Tempo 2, which people really want to see. Yeah. And, but, but it was also something that we did intend to, to kind of revisit because we wanted to... Yeah. We, we had ideas for Tempo where he would kind of move into a position where he would hold a title. And we loved the idea of coming back to Albert and him. Yeah. Because so, well, we, knew, we knew we had lightning in a bottle here. We knew it was going to be good. And we knew that when they came back and faced each other, it was going to be it was going to be fire, especially if there was like a title in between them. You yeah. know. And this this is just the furthest <clears throat> ascension of Trail Tempo, really. Yeah, yeah. Like we talked about this kind of with his match with Keith, right? Yeah. Which leads us into uh, Keith Lee defending the belt against the draw, Sammy Callahan. Yeah, you know it's funny. I got a lot. Sammy was a nice guy. But I, I feel like he was a little too critical of, of our our little model here. He was he gave me shit for not putting Matt and Steve-O last. Um, I don't think that that match at that point in time, I don't think anybody knew what it could be. Well, and, we also put, it was before intermission, right? Yeah, it was definitely, it was before intermission. So, you know, you, you close that, you close this, you close the first half out in a banger. Not to argue with the revolver guy, but also you put the plunder match before intermission so the crowd doesn't have to watch people clean up after it. Yeah. Yeah. That one's, that well, one's for free, Sammy. I mean, his, 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 <clears throat> his idea, though, was that it should have been the, the main event. Yeah. But I, I personally didn't feel that it would have kept people around at that point in time yeah you know what i mean like it needed uh, it, it may have but no because i think we, we were put, good if we had put sammy callahan on before intermission the people that came to see sammy callahan would have fucking left during intermission yeah okay so the whole idea is that sammy brings in a unique draw he brings in a unique crowd so you put him at the top of the card especially with your primary champion so in in the sense of how our cards and our universe worked and our finances worked it made more sense to keep the guy that was bringing in the unique draw at the top of the card yeah. rather than put him anywhere else. Yeah, because the other guys were going to stay for Keith either Some, way. Yeah, sometimes people, sometimes people, they see the name, they see the name, they've seen him, and they go home. That's the way it works, right? Yeah. So we we kept people that, there that were there to see Sammy all through the all through the duration of what we were doing, and we were able to look good in front of them. You know. Anyway, let's talk. Let's talk about Keith Lee versus Sammy Callahan. Oh, yeah. Um, th- I enjoyed this, watching it back. Um, it's very much a Sammy Callahan match. Yeah. It's very much um, in the vein of, of his style. Um, he, he was really interested in working Keith. I think that's a big part of why this this happened. Because um, it was, travel-wise, was a, a bitch, if I remember. Like, yeah. he was coming, <clears throat> he was flying back from Mexico day of through San Diego. Um so we had to grab him basically like an hour before the show or something like that. Yeah. Do you remember correctly? It was a pain in the ass. And then... Uh, I remember being a little worried. Yeah. And then we had to get him uh, back out super oh. early in the morning, too. There, I, I think I also kind of have... Like, there's a dark cloud over this match, too, because before the match happened, Palmer tried to talk me into putting the title or having Keith drop the title. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To drop the, the 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 title to Sammy Callahan, yeah, and um, and it, drop it back in Germany or something. Yeah, like that. it just didn't make any yeah. sense. It didn't make any sense. Also, the way that I know how things work after being jerked around by the NWA and seeing what they did with that belt, yeah, I don't trust anybody to treat my title as a priority other than yeah. me. Like I just I didn't buy it. But also, you know, Keith had this streak <sighs> at this point. 
it's it's very much he, and this he, is a he's been the champion for a really long time at this point yeah it's people looking at it's people not being able to look at the big picture of the company and the story of the company you know yeah it's people looking at a, a singular moment and not the big picture and I, it happens a lot but you know? i also don't think that that moment would have put many eyes on us i think it would have just kind of been a bloop. yeah maybe not but like in their mind it was this great awesome thing right yeah, so nevertheless, why nevertheless why would I mean, we... like i make a call i make a yeah. call because like i'm sitting there going i watch wrestling i know what happens when i see people like like when i see like you know title changes like this occur and i don't really care you know i mean you know why but also just the streak I yeah streak. i mean at the end of the day that's You're rolling over, we're, we're... rolling your eyes at me <laughs> Like, you, you really think that the world would have gone, holy shit, Sammy Callahan has the, the Inspire Pure Prestige title. I, like, everybody would have suddenly fucking tuned in now. My point is that... Don't poo-poo me, dude. I'm not trying to poo-poo you. But my point is that I can understand... The logic. ...where they were coming from. I can, too. And they were still wrong. Okay. Like, they were wrong because they weren't looking at the... I agree. I'm not... I agree with you. But why I'm, are you talking like you're not? Correct your tone, motherfucker. <laughs> so, I, I see where, like, because that's the world they live in. The yeah. world they live in are people that care about Sammy Callahan. The world they live in is the revolver world. The world not, that they're living in at this point is yeah. is that world. Just to, just, to, just to say this, I'm not saying that Sammy Callahan didn't yeah. matter. I just think that yeah. people who pay attention to Sammy don't necessarily care about our title. They don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. Oh, I, and I agree with you 100%. I think that's where the idea came from. I don't think it was a good idea. And yeah. uh, like but but my approach is always to no. It's just no, right? Yeah, just to but just to like float that out there. This was yeah. like we had a much bigger story that we were telling. And I've and they, I was like dogged and argued with about this and I'm just kept going, "No, man. No, man. No, man." And it made me look like the bad guy, which I just I hated. Uh that that's where I'm coming from. It's just why have a dark cloud over it? It's just no, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. Anyway. And that's that's the point. That's my greater point. <laughs> Your greater <laughs> point. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway, Keith Lee retains. New to our ultimate wisdom. <laughs> Against Sammy Callahan, and it was a good. So this was a great card. I thought overall, I really loved it. Um, this was. I mean this. Sammy was a nice guy, easy to deal with. I found him to be like after watching him for so long, you sometimes have a, per, a, 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 a expectation based on the personality that somebody puts out. But he's a he's a he's a sweetie baby. How was he explained to? He, he was like he's like a garbage pail kid, yeah. like that's cuddly or something like that. Like, yeah, well, but, but yeah. Like he was, but but he was like you know when we sat down afterward with him at Kirby Lane, he was just kind of easy. Yeah, he was really sweet and fun and funny. You know, yeah. he wasn't. Uh, yeah, he wasn't crass or mean or big timey. You know, a lot of times you meet guys who, who come out of the Fed, and this is you know post him leaving NXT, I believe, right? Oh yeah, real yeah. close. Um, real close. He just there was just no, there was no. He, he was just a sweetheart to deal with. Uh, but anyway, yeah. The, so so brings us to an end. The sun sets on our first show at. Uh, at, at Austin, South Austin uh, Sports Center. So, so there we are, tilling the volleyball courts. <laughs> Fuck. Oh man. 
Yeah, I remember like we were there for a long time because when we caught it with Palmer and, and Sammy at Kirby, they had finished their food. Yeah, like everybody was just sitting around waiting for us and had yeah. paid their fucking their fucking tab. But yeah, I mean overall, this is a great crowd. I felt like we got our mojo back, like everything that we lost due to the curse of the Red Oak Ballroom. I think you know, I think we came out of this feeling pretty good. But yeah, anyway, we uh, we were back to mopping shit up. We didn't really have to do that at Red Oak. That was the only good thing about that space. Yeah, they had that old dude with the vacuum cleaner that yeah. went and got all the streamers up. Yeah, they had the clown from... from... <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. They had that clown from Amateur Night of the Apollo, like, like, like dusting through the fucking hall at the end of the night. We could just go, fuck off later and leave. But, yeah, we were back here. and Boy. Moving yeah. bleachers and chairs and... Tilling the volleyball courts. Busted back down the ladder. Anyway, we'll be back next week and we will be discussing uh, License to Death Wish. One of the dumbest fucking event names I've ever come up with. I think I say that about every show. Alright, anyway, we'll see you then. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>